Today's scriptures from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-eating seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps upon the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, behold, it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Well, now it's time to introduce today's guest preacher. Today we welcome back to the pulpit Alexis Cash. Last time Alexis was here preaching at Court Street, I shared with you that she grew up just down the road in Gaines and that she's just finished her first year of seminary at the Yale Divinity School. Alexis is seeking ordination in the United Methodist Church, but she's still not exactly clear what kind of ministry God is calling her to. She might end up serving as a college chaplain. She might serve as a pastoral counselor. She might serve in parish ministry. Whatever ministry she ends up serving in, Alexis knows that her passion in ministry is letting people know that their lives have a purpose, that God loves them very much, and that they have the ability to share God's love with everyone they meet. And we can't wait to see what God does in Alexis's life in the future. We are so very grateful that she has answered God's call to ministry, and we are eager to hear what she has to say as she once again shares the good news of God's love with the people of the Court Street United Methodist Church. Today we will be talking about you. Every single person watching this right now is vital in understanding the message today, so pay close attention. Do you remember when you were born? Do you remember the time and the place? We don't think about our birth very often or how much has happened since then. If you are 23 years old like me, you were born roughly 8,395 days ago, 201,480 hours ago, and 12,088,800 minutes ago. Although we have been here a while, it did not take long for God to create the universe. In less than a week, the Creator molded chaos into galaxies, stars, and planets. God spoke into existence all animals, plants, and living beings. Beautiful bodies of water, lush green forests, and mountains that reach the skies were created for us to enjoy and take care of. In roughly six days, 8,640 minutes, and 518,400 seconds, God created all that we have. On the sixth day after all God had made, humans were created. I bet God was tired after creating the entire cosmos and could have chosen to stop there. Through love and a desire to see us flourish, God created humans that we may worship God with all of creation. 
Later in Genesis, we read about the fall, when the wickedness of humankind corrupted this perfect world and led to years of pain, war, death, and evil doing. The beauty of the six-day creation was destroyed the second the apple was bitten. And it's up to us to restore humanity to the peaceful and loving place God intended it to be. Today is all about you, God's perfectly imperfect masterpieces. Today we will talk about our creation and purpose, this idea of the resistance, and Jesus' loving call to help him and God bring heaven on earth. In Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth and all of its inhabitants. Starting in Genesis 1, verse 26, then God said, let, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. After this, God blessed humankind and saw everything that was made, and it was very good. All of you are blessed. I bet some of us have been blessed by a pastor in church or prayed for by a member of the congregation. Imagine the creator of the universe looking at you in awe and with love, blessing you that you might have a beautiful life. We are all created in the image of God, and it is through our creation that we have a direct link link to who God is. I usually only think about my creation in the context of negativity. I say things to myself about what I'm wearing, the way I look, how I screwed up on schoolwork, or how I could just be doing better in general. I also focus on how others think of me. And putting myself down, I put my creator down. We might make mistakes, but God never makes mistakes. And I constantly have to remind myself of that. God does not make mistakes. God created you and loves you for who you are, every single part of you. You no longer have to worry about what others think of you. It's a lot of work to constantly evaluate yourself for the approval of others. Letting go of what people think of you and gripping onto who God says you are is life-changing. It's freeing. Recognizing your creation and identifying and empathizing with your creator makes you feel like you're on top of the world. No matter what someone thinks of me, and no matter what I think of me, God says that I am loved, I am worthy, you are loved, and you are worthy. And not a single person can change that. We may feel unworthy at times, but God blessed us with certain gifts and talents that we should be proud of. These are things that we like to do, or things that we are good at. I want you to think for a second about what kind of things you like to do. What are you good at? What are you passionate about? We can use these things for good. There's a reason that you are good at them and that you like them. I am passionate about social justice. There are horrors in, the, in this world and circumstances that keep us from living a high quality of life. We can work hard to lift up the voices of those left out. We can seek to advocate for the marginalized in many different ways. I like to write poetry. I like to play sports. I love having deep conversations with people. These are just a few ways that I may be able to live out my passion for social justice. It is through these things that we like and that we are gifted at that we can further God's peaceful kingdom on earth. Using our gifts for good can be hard sometimes. 
it's easier to keep it to yourself and avoid putting yourself out there. Being a good person can also be really hard. There are times when I'm in a bad mood or would rather not be around people, or sometimes when I am around people and I'm in a bad mood, I end up saying things that I shouldn't or I don't act with love and kindness. Or sometimes I am convinced that I can't use my gifts for God or that I don't have any gifts at all. This urge to go against who God created you to be and what is right is called the resistance. Justin Zarati in his book, Made for These Times, a startup guide to calling, character, and work that matters, coins this term. I read this book in college at Bluffton University with the ministry team and really enjoyed it. Zarati encourages us as followers of Christ to recognize our purpose, overcome fear, and help God in restoring humanity. The fear that hinders us is the resistance. It convinces us that we are not good enough, not worthy enough, and not brave enough to follow Jesus. That can be really discouraging, especially if the resistance causes anxiety or depression. I am a perfectionist and quite self-critical at times. I always feel I have more to give, a better grade to achieve, or that I could have said things better. The resistance convinces me that everything I'm doing is wrong and could be better, which can be very overwhelming at times. I just completed my first year at Yale Divinity School in May while at home, all online. It has been difficult for a lot of reasons. And I think that we can all relate that this past year has been troubling in a lot of ways. There were times that felt like my anxiety and depression have been way worse than normal. Anxiety is this chaotic thought process that makes me question the future and everything that is going to happen, whether it's something five years from now or five minutes from now. Depression is another thought process that convinces me that I'm alone. There's nothing I can do to help myself or others. It also continually reminds me of my past and what I should have done differently. This is the devil talking. Satan uses our deepest insecurities to keep us from serving Jesus. Satan uses the resistance tactic to keep us from discovering our true purpose, the reason God created us. Anxiety and depression keep me from going to events or saying yes to opportunities because I'm afraid of all that can go wrong. Like at Yale this past year, I've talked myself out of going to a lot of social events on Zoom, and I've kept myself from talking in most of my classes because I get so worked up about what people are going to think of me or if I'm going to mess up my speech or if I don't sound smart enough. Despite what the resistance tells us, despite what Satan convinces you of, God is right there with you and you are not alone. We have to be able to tell ourselves about all of the things that can go right. I could tell myself that I'm going to do really well on an upcoming test and that a B is a really good grade. It is a really good grade. I could tell myself, you know, I screwed up in the past, but thanks to Jesus, I get a second chance and a third and a fourth and a fifth. What helps me combat the resistance and focus on God's plan for me is to tell myself to take it one day at a time. This is something that I've heard many times from my cross-country coach in college or my therapist or my friends and family, and they are right. When we choose to look at things as a whole, we become stressed out and we stop moving forward. Focusing on the little things and taking baby steps are essential if you wanna live out God's purpose for your life. You won't have it all figured out in one day. Trust me, I've tried. Take it one step at a time with Jesus by your side. Even when one day, taking it one day at a time is hard, 
you can look up and see Jesus calling to you. Jesus says, follow me. Reaching out his hand, looking at you with loving eyes, Jesus offers you the world. God created the world for us, and Jesus makes it possible for us to live in it. According to Zerati, followers of Jesus envision the kingdom as it arrives and acts like it's already here. Followers don't merely love Jesus, they act like him too. End quote. Here's an example from the book that exemplifies the character of Jesus Christ. Zerati founded an organization called These Numbers Have Faces. They help people in Africa receive education and resources to become leaders in their communities. Quote, our refugee friends say we are the only people who physically come inside their homes, sit together, share a meal, laugh, and allow everyone to pray for each other. It's in the forging of friendships, end quote. Jesus sat and ate and laughed and prayed with those who are considered the lowest on the social ladder. Those who are left out, alone, and seen as outcasts were loved by someone who didn't even know them. Despite social norms and cultural divisions, Jesus chose them. He loved them. And that is all we are called to do. Mother Teresa said, do small things with great love. Pick up trash off the ground. Hold the door for someone. Or listen to a friend in need. Whatever you do, do it with love. These may seem like small events to you, but to someone else, they are so much bigger. You may not impact thousands of people. You might not even see your hard work come into fruition. Just keep showing up and trying your best. Every small step is a step towards victory. Sometimes we struggle because we don't know if what we're doing has an impact on anyone. What is our purpose? Who am I even helping? What kind of impact can one person make? Do something. That is our call. A part that stood out to me was this. It's all right, someone else would do something. Sometimes I convince myself that I am not the one for the job. I hesitate to volunteer or raise my hand because maybe somebody else will be better than me. I'm not sure I can take on that role. That's a lot of pressure. Someone else will end up doing it. What if that someone else doesn't show up or raise their hand or speak out against injustice? Perhaps you are the only glimpse of God's love that someone will ever see. Sorati refers to this questioning as the slow work of God. In other words, it feels like what you're doing doesn't make a difference or you weren't doing enough, but you are, and you will make a difference. Remember that you are discovering your purpose, your passions, and who you are, and that takes time. Along the journey, there are people all around you experiencing the same thing. So when wondering if you should go up and talk to someone or help a stranger out, remember that you are doing God's work. God created you, the people in your life, and all of the people in need. So don't just do this for yourself, do it for others. There are people in your life right now counting on you. There are people in your classes, people where you work, and random people that you've never met that need you to just keep showing up. You are counting on you too. So just keep showing up, taking it one day at a time. A quote from the book that I liked says, you show up and let God do the rest. Let's be honest, life can be really hard. I don't think I have to describe to you all how hard this past year has been with the pandemic among other things. There are times when I look at the news 
or I see issues going on in society such as racism, sexism, homophobia, ableism, and I become so overwhelmed. I begin to begin to wonder, what the heck am I even doing here? What kind of impact can I make? Chapter six of the book says, we must go through hell and back with each other. We are not in heaven right now, and this world will never be perfect. But that is why God chose to create us. As we saw through Jesus, who sought peace on this earth, we are called to do the same. Jesus left the 99 to find the one. All we have to do is help one person. If you've helped one person out of thousands, that is a success. We are called to love each other, love our creator, and love ourselves the way that Jesus Christ does, unconditionally. One of my favorite quotes from the book says this, The world says you are loved because what you do. Jesus says you can do all things because you are loved. There's a reason all of you are here. God gave us dominion over all of creation, not over each other. That dominion is a responsibility to care for all living things, to care for our environment, and to care for each other. God blessed us, sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, and through redemption gives us the opportunity to bring heaven on earth. There can be more to life than going to class or going to work and just going through the motions. This world can be a hard place to live in. No matter who you are, what you believe, or what you do with your life, someone is going to disapprove and you are going to experience struggle. So be yourself, discover your purpose, and let Jesus take over the rest. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter what your gender expression or sexual identity is. It doesn't matter what job you have or where you live. It doesn't matter if you have a family or are in a relationship or not. What matters is that you are fully capable of doing something extraordinary with your life. I really liked the international justice mission quoted in this book. When the calling of God is scary, we lead by remembering that Jesus did not come to make us safe. He came to make us brave. That is our call, to be brave, to step out of our comfort zones, to use our gifts and passions to help others in the name of God. Choose peace because God did when he created the world and when he created you. Throughout these brave adventures, remember where you came from. Remember the God who created you, Jesus who continually forgives you, and most importantly, that you have a purpose. Amen.